um, let's make a start and then people can join in when they when they come. Um, let's bow our heads for a word of prayer. Mm. Dear Lord and Heavenly Father, thank you again for giving us this platform and allowing us to have this time in which we can study the word together. I pray as we go through the um, story that we're going to go through today, that we can really get to grips with the with the moral um, and all the morals, depending on how many there are, how many you want to share with us. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. 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 All right. So... As we did Samson last week, um, and as we're doing character studies, um, per the request to do more character studies, um, we're going to be diving into Esther today. Um, So if you could turn your Bibles to Esther. And Esther, you'll notice, is a book of about 10 chapters. So we're not going to do this the same way we did last week, where we could just read through the verses because we will be here for about for a while. Because Samson was four chapters and that took over two hours. So um, we'll we'll keep this one to we'll we'll just keep this one to highlights. But hopefully, what we'll do is we'll go through the whole story, picking out different verses, um, and then we'll get some lessons along the way and whatever you guys can pick out as well. Um, and then we'll deal with the whole story in, in its entirety. Yeah? Mm. So, no more. background to Esther. What's going on right now? Who knows, who knows the background to, to Esther's story? Or not even Esther's story, but where is Israel at this time? Where are we in history? Mozak. Anybody? Feel free, you know. There's there's only a few of us, you know. So I will call out names. It's, 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 I'm I'm not I'm not impartial to doing that. Okay, let's. Let, let's I can't just, remember. Let's just go to the first the first verse of chapter one, isn't it? Now I came right. to ask him about his, his, <clears throat> ah, Ahasuerus. Allow me. I butchered that, but allow me. Um, now it came to pass in the days of Ahasuerus. This Ahasuerus, which reigned from India even unto Ethiopia over 170 and 20, 107 and 20 provinces. Okay, that's not going to give you too much. Okay, let me help you let out, right? <laughs> let, me, let me help you out, right? So, so where, what's, the, what's the book previous to, what's the, what's the last couple of books that we see in the Bible before Esther? Nehemiah, Ezra, Chronicles. Nehemiah, Ezra, right? So we say Nehemiah and Ezra, right? So the story of Nehemiah is about rebuilding the walls of Jerusalem, right? Going back to Jerusalem. Exactly. So what has just happened before then? So to go back to Jerusalem, what has to happen? If you're going back somewhere, where, where have you been? You left somewhere else. You were somewhere else, right? And where, where, okay, so when we look at Esther, right, you've you got to look at the context of the Bible narrative, right? So you first come, you, you come through um, David and the kings, da, da, da. Israel will keep, keep sinning, keep going into idol worship. So what God does is he brings people to come. And what we see just before this is the Babylonian 
um, exile. So this is where you see Daniel's story. And before that, you see like Jeremiah, Isaiah, you know, during Daniel Ezekiel. So all of these, you so, so you see the major prophets and then it goes into the minor prophets and you come, so this is now a hundred years after the Babylonian exile, right? So now they've come back, we've had the Nehemiah issue. A lot of Israelites have gone back to Jerusalem, but the power now is Medo-Persia, right? Okay. Um, specifically Persia. And this mm -hmm. king is a king of Persia. And the story is happening in Persia's capital city, right? So this is a hundred years after the Babylonian exile. Daniel's already happened. You know, we're now in the like end of the minor prophets time of Israel, right? So this is quite far down the line. Yeah. All right. So that's where we are. All right. Cool. Okay. So let's start. Let's start reading. And what we're going to do is we're going to pull out the points of the story. So this, sh I mean, we should be fairly familiar with what happens in the story. So as we go through, we'll just pick out text that kind of hit us with the story, right? So if someone could read verse four of chapter one, please. When he showed the riches of the, his glorious kingdom and the honor of his excellent majesty, many days, even a hundred and four score days. Okay, cool. So this is talking about the grandeur of the, of the king, right? Mm -hmm. So King of Persia is rich, da 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 da, um, and he's having a feast. Having a feast. What happens next? Made the feast unto the people. He goes there. Um, so he calls his wife to just entertain the people then. Cool. What's his wife's name? Uh, Vash nope, not, not Vashti. Vashti. Yeah, we're there, we're there. Vashti, Vashti, right? So what's happening is the king is drunk. Yeah. Right, he's drinking, he's rich, he's enjoying life, he's got all his twits around him, yeah. right? And he goes, Right, call out my wife because she's beautiful. Right? Yeah, so on call, eleven call we see that. Yeah, yeah, in verse eleven, right? So call out my wife because she's beautiful. So bring and then what do, what does Vashti say? <laughs> she refuses. She refuses, right? She doesn't mm. want to be paraded out like like a piece of meat. Yeah. Right? Women's rights. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So Vashti is vexed. She doesn't want. She doesn't want to go anywhere. So now the king gets angry because obviously he's a, he's in front of everyone. He's made a command, and she said no. Yeah. And a woman at this time, think about it. He's a, he's not only a man. He's a king, right? Mm -hmm. So you're saying no. Like he's vexed. Obviously he's vexed, isn't it? Mm -hmm. So he casts her out. So Vashti is now gone, right? And obviously he was trying to send the message that you're never paying enough to like. You know, the, the, he was, he's trying to make a statement. Right. Yeah. Cool. Right. So now we're going to read um, verse two, verse, sorry, verse one of chapter. So let me just actually, let me just finish the chapter. What happens is he, he kicks out Vashti and basically set, to, writes a law, right, to say that all women now have to be the masters of their husbands because of this scenario. Right, because the king's just drunk, and he's, and he's, and this is just his personality. Look, I'm writing a law because this, his, his advisors start telling him, look, if you allow this woman to start doing stuff, then all women are going to start doing stuff. Right? Mm -hmm. They're all going to be saying to us husbands, "I'm not doing what you're saying." So the king writes a law to say everyone needs to is every house is ruled by their husband. Right? Oh, okay. 
Now, what do we know from Daniel about um, Persian decrees? The law of the Medes and Persians cannot be changed. It cannot be changed, yeah? So back, you know, when we saw in Daniel where the guy said, right, everyone, and no one can pray to any God, so everyone's got to worship me for 30 days. And Daniel still prayed. Even though he liked Daniel, he couldn't change the law. Yeah, the decree had already been set, right? I'm so not going to lie, this... So you know when know Daniel... With your connection. Oh, sorry, sorry. Can you hear me now? Hello? Yeah, I can hear you. I can, I can hear you guys. Okay, cool, cool. So, um, as I was saying, the, the decree in Daniel, which led to the lion's den, said that no one could worship um, anyone but the king for 30 days. Daniel obviously prayed, and therefore he went to the lion's den. The reason why the king couldn't back out of that, even though he liked Daniel, is because the Persian law cannot be changed. Yeah? And that will come mm -hmm. up later in the story. So, someone could read verse 1 of um, chapter 2, please. The book we in? Oh, sorry. Esther. Esther. Esther, sorry. We're, we're studying the book of Esther today. So, yeah, Esther right. chapter 2, um, verse 1. After these things, when the wrath of King Ahasuerus was appeased, he remembered Vashti and what she had done and what was decreed against her. And continue, sorry. Okay. Then the king's, sorry, then said the king's servants that ministered unto him, let there be fair young virgins sought for the king, and let the king appoint officers in all the provinces of his kingdoms, that they may gather together all the fair young virgins unto Shushan, the palace, to the house of the women, unto the custody of Hege, the king's chamberlain, keeper of the women, and let their things for, and let the things for purification. Cool. We'll do that. My right. man does. Cool. My man does. He he does. He does kind of like Persia's got talent for beauty. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> but understand who this king is, right? So what we've just read is he was drunk. He kicked out his wife, and then brother. So he's done all of this while he's drunk. You know, he kicked out his mm. wife, wrote mm. this law, wrote yeah. this law, and yeah. now he's sober. He's realized. Wait a minute, I have no wife. Yeah. I just kicked. I just kicked out my wife. I just wrote this law. Let oh, he didn't just kick her out of the thing. He kicked her out of everything. He just yeah, said, yeah, "She's gone." Like, cast you out, done, because you disobeyed me, right? Okay. So now he needs a new woman. Mm. And this is why Nathan is saying, "Britain's got Britain's got talent for beauty, right?" Like America's, <laughs> America's, America's next top model. I'm mad. I'm, I'm out, right? dead. Okay. Yeah. So mm. this is where Esther comes in. Yeah. Right. So what? So so Nathan, what happens with this story? I'm gonna need to read this again. Fill me in. Yeah, and please, obviously, we're going through this pretty quick. So go yeah. ahead and read through the detail because it's good. So this is the part where we find Esther, and she is one of the women that selected to um, well, to basically win the king's affect, win the king, the king's affection, and so obviously she's out. She's in this house with all these other females. And eventually, nothing's coming into mind between that, to be honest. So eventually, eventually, the king sees her and decides that she's yeah. going to be wife. Perfect. Right? So, obviously, the, all his advisors have gone to get all these women. He sees Esther. is like, right, this one, the one I want. Um, I'm going to wifey her. Um, and Esther does not tell the king that she is from... Israel, right? So he doesn't know where she's from. He just wiped her. 
yeah? He doesn't have a background, right? Mm. Now, Esther, right, is... Um, her, who, is her, who is her uncle? We should know this from the story. Mordecai, Mordecai. yeah? Mordecai. Why is, why is Esther with her, her uncle so much? Because Esther's parents died. Okay, so she's an orphan and her uncle takes um, guardianship over her. Yeah? Okay. And then what happens finally at the end of chapter two? If someone could read, um, read 21 to 23, because it's an important part of the story. Chapter okay. two, verses 21 to 23. In those days, while Mordecai sat in the king's gate, two of the king's chamberlains, Bigthan and Teresh, of those which kept the door, were wroth and sought to lay the hand on the king Ahasuerus. Um, and the king, the, and the thing was known to Mordecai, who told it unto Esther, the queen. And Esther certified the king thereof in Mordecai's name. And when the inquisition was made of the matter, it was found out, therefore, they were both hanged on a tree. And it was written in the book of the Chronicles before the king. Cool. So, what happened there? So, the two chamberlains, it said in those days, the two chamberlains, they were angry and wanted to kill king, right? Kill the king. Right. Assassination attempts, yeah? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Then, uh, somehow, somebody found out about this and told Mordecai. And, and it was Esfar. Wait, no. What did Mordecai do? He then told it to Esfar. Yeah. Mordecai basically says, foiled an assassination. Okay, Mordecai did what? Sorry. He basically foiled an assassination. Yeah. 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 Cool. 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 Right. We're there. Right. So I'm going to write on here. Right. The story of chapters one and two. Right. Is uh-huh. based on the king and his greatness, right? So his mm. greatness is what led to basically everything happening. He was rich, he was yeah. drunk. Yeah. His greatness led him to do, deal with his wife. Um, mm. His greatness then brought another wife in and his greatness also made people jealous of him. Therefore, they wanted to kill him and he was saved by Mordecai, yeah? Mm. So I'm just going to put... Um, king's greatness, yeah? Mm. Mm-hmm. Cool. Now we're going to go to chapter three. So if someone could read um, verse one and two of chapter three, please. After these things did King Ahasuerus promote Haman, the son of Hamadiah, Hamada, Hamadatha, the, Agag- the Agagites, and advanced him and set his seat above all the princes that were with him. And all the king's servants that were in the king's gate bowed and reverenced Haman, for the king had so commanded concerning him, but Mordecai bowed not, nor did him reverence. Cool. So what happened? Everyone was supposed to give the big this man up, and Mordecai just wasn't interested. But why was they supposed to pick him up, though? Because the king had decreed it. The king had basically made him his second hand, his top advisor. Cool. So the king right. had said, big this guy up when he comes through. Um, so he was promoted, yeah? Mm. All right, cool. So Heyman, Heyman's promoted. What's the spell? 
Is that what you're going back to? I hear it. No, no, it's just no, but think about the story. Like, think about what's happened so far. We're we're now like two chapters in basically, right? Yeah. And what's happened so I far is man's got rid of his wife. Mm. Yeah. Man's got a new wife. Mm. Man's already had an assassination assassination attempt against him. Mm. Foiled by this man. Mm-hmm. Right, and now a uh, next man is now being promoted. Yeah, so this is where we are in the story, right? Mm. And it's get it's gonna get deeper, right? Mm. So what happened at the end of that 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 verse, Nathan? Did you read? Okay, and set his seat above all the princes that were with him. Uh, okay. So the, the second verse. verse two. But Mordecai bowed not, nor did him reverence. Right. So as you said, what Mordecai didn't bow down, and what that? It wasn't interested, did it? I'm not bowing down to nobody. Mm. Right? So what how does that make him feel? He's not on it. No, can you here's the thing, here's the thing. Heyman is getting reverenced by everybody in the country. Everybody in the country, except for Mordecai, and it's a problem. Can't have it. Can't have it. Like if I was if I was him. But it's not only that he can't have it, what does he do? Like what he's so vexed at this, you know. Everyone else has bowed down. It's just this one man who won't do it. How this is how how vexed does he get? What does he do next? Off the top of my head, I can't remember, so I'm just reading it. Um, this is this is in verse seven. Yeah, verse seven. In the first month, that is in the month of Nisan, in the twelfth year, the king has a heroes. They cast per that is the lot before Haman, from day to day, from month to month, to the twelfth month, that is the month Adar. And Haman said unto King Isurus. We're trying to figure out what he does to Mordecai. Right. So it says, okay, read, read from verse six. Do verse six right. and verse seven. And, okay. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So, and when Haman saw that Mordecai bowed not, nor did him reverence, then was Haman full of wrath, yeah. and he thought scorn to lay hands on Mordecai alone, for they had showed him the people of Mordecai. Wherefore Haman sought to destroy all the Jews that were throughout the whole kingdom. Of, of Ahasuerus, even the people of Mordecai. So you got to be careful because some people are crazy. Some people will beef you and your whole race. You know what I'm saying? Like this, this, this is what Haman's doing. He wanted to do. That's what he wanted to do. He says from, he sought to. From, 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 from one man not bowing down, you know, the whole race of people have to die. Mm. Like, this is how crazy sin is, get, is getting around this time. Yeah? This is why be, a, be, be careful, man. The, the 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 king the king got gassed he's decided Haman's his boy he's given him all this power and this is Haman just reveling in that that's it that's it power's gone to his head yeah mm. exactly right so um so what does he so what does he do Haman says unto the king so Haman goes and tries to talk to the king and uh, please let it be and try to like get it get it set out so that he gets set destroyed. So we see in verse nine, it says, "If it please the king, let it be written that they may be destroyed." Uh, he's even trying to bribe him. I'll pay ten thousand right. talents of silver to the hands of those that have charge of the business and bring it to the king's treasury. Nonsense. In in, in Veggie Tales, this is a song. Okay. <laughs> right. So so where we're at, right? Is it says, it says they cast the they cast poor. That is a lot, right? Mm-hmm. And the, uh, the poor, poor is a dice. 
is a like a like a yeah like, like a, it's a, a spin a, top. yeah yeah that kind of thing yeah so so they do that to to tell him what what month and what day all yeah. the people all the people all the Israelites are gonna die mm. and he goes to the king and says right let's write this decree and we know about decrees in 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 Persia yeah mm-hmm. it's not a joke once this thing is done it's done yeah mm-hmm. so what happens is they write this decree. I'm going to write here on 3B, it's chapter 3, and mm. in the second part, Naaman, sorry, Haman. Right, stick here, yeah? What verse was that? Uh, verse, where's that? Verse, verse 8, is it? No, no, verse 9. Yeah. Verse 9, yeah? And what happens is they write, they they get all the particulars of this, and in verse fifteen they're drinking, so they have, you know, and we know the king likes his drink already, mm, yeah. right? So they're obviously having a good time about it, mm. right? So a party going on here, like a party, mm. right? Yeah, right. Next chapter, what's happening? Chapter four. So Mordecai perceived all that was done. And he's put on a sackcloth with ashes. I think that we see that that's a sign of grief. Like, I think mm-hmm. we've, we've seen that before. And then he's going out into the midst of the city and cried out. Um, and he came before the king's gate, dressed as he was. Yeah, there's a lot of people that were mourning and, you know, grieving in this thing, in this sackcloth. Um, about Let's this go down predicament. to, like, verse... Um... Because okay, so let me give some backdrop so we so we can get there, right? Yeah. So there obviously everyone knows that there's a there's a problem. Yeah. Um, the decree has come out. Yeah. You know, it's an issue. Mm-hmm. So what happens in what happens in verse eight? It says and he gave him the. You can read it. Read it. Let me just read from seven as well to give him with more context. And Mordecai okay. told him all that had happened to him and the sum of money that Haman promised, which is the ten k. Um. And he also, he gave him the copy of the writing of the decree that was given at Shushan to destroy them and show it to Esther and declared it and to declare it unto her and to charge her that she should go into the king and make supplication unto him and to make requests before him for her people. Right. So that makes sense, right? Yeah. Right. Esther has just become queen. She's just become queen. Yeah. And she's, she's also become Jew. queen. You're a Jew. Yeah. This thing is there to kill Jews. Yeah. So go to the king and be like, look, <laughs> you yeah, just had a crew to kill me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, pat him up. Isn't it? Right, cool. Right, but what's the problem? Uh, Can we do it for a second? The problem is that the, he first made the law that maybe that um, in the first chapter where, you know, she has to, the woman has to obey the husband's things. Is that, is that possibly one of the problems that we're We're getting about? close, but sorry, Nathan, what were you going to say? No, um, I was just going to say, sorry, it's Ruben. I'm sharing Nathan's mic. Oh, and okay. I just wanted to say that um, basically, <laughs> leave it, leave it, leave it. Uh, when you see how they separated the women, when they were, when, uh, when the women were supposed to be getting prepared for the king, yeah, they mm-hmm. took a whole year of time in the king's hotel, the king's spa, for want of a better word. They weren't just letting any girl come off the street and you know, have, for, forget just anything. They weren't even letting them have an audience with the king. Esther mm. was separated for a whole six months 
to be bathed and then another six months to get some oil rubbed into her skin. Do you know what I mean? Before mm-hmm. she was deemed ready to kind of take up that mantle or take up that queenship. So if you've got someone having all that preparation, all that grandeur, all that lordship, just to actually be in the presence of the king now, we already mm-hmm. know that it's not a joke. This yeah. guy was exalted big time. Mm-hmm. And if he hangs out with people like Haman, who are rich enough that they're going to give 10,000 bags of silver to the government, yeah? Bill Gates is just going to drop a hefty sum on the mm. UN staff just because he can. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, this mm. is the kind of levels that we're talking about now. So we, we already understand that this king's not a joke. Mm. So it's not so much necessarily standing, understanding where we are in the story as much as understanding the scale of the guys that we're talking about right now. Yeah, this yeah. Mm. is a superpower. Yeah, this is the power of the, of the world at the moment. Yeah, exactly. Understand, this is the king of the, of the power. This is it. This is, this is it. This is the height. Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. Thank That's... you. Right? So this is, in chapter four is where we see, like, some lessons that we need to, that we need to catch on to. So if someone could read um, 14, 15, and 16. But before we read that, what, what is the problem right now? Uh, is it that the decree cannot be changed? Not quite that the decree can't be changed. That is a problem, but that's not quite the issue right now. So it's not that what, is, what, what has just happened? What has just happened? What's the verse that we just read? Imitab, you just read it. What was what was the problem? What did what just happened? Well, what happened was uh, Mordecai went out into the streets basically to go to Esfa, um to kind of they went to Esfa to ask that she would kind of go and speak to the king right. on their behalf. So Mordecai has gone to her his niece, yeah, basically his daughter, yeah, and yeah. said, "Look, um, you need to go speak to the king." Mm. What is what is Esther's problem now? So the problem one does not simply one does not simply speak to the king. Okay, okay, so one does not simply speak to the king. One does not simply speak to the king. It's just oh, not, it's not it's how it easy. does. Okay, so it's you cannot just walk. Oh, you yeah. there's a verse in here. Where did you find it, Tyler? What verse? Well, um, I remember. Oh, okay. One second, we're gonna find it. I think verse eleven. Yeah, eleven. Mm. Okay. Shall I read it? Ah, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Who's please, not called? Please, yeah. He has to Tyler have an audience. There needs to be a reason. All the king's servants and the people of the king's provinces do know that whosoever, whether man or woman, shall come unto the king into the inner court, who is not called, there is one law of him, of his, to be put, sorry, to put him to death, except such to whom the king shall hold out the golden scepter that he may live. But I have not been called to come in unto the king these 30 days. Hmm. Right. Man, so there's an issue here, right? want to see you. There's an issue. There's an issue here. Yeah. Right? You're in between a rock and a hard place. Mm-hmm. Don't miss this. Right? On one hand, the, t- the clock is ticking. Because when this day comes, Jews are getting killed. Mm. Right? And on the other hand, the way that you stop it, if I do that, I'm going to die anyway. Mm. If I go to see the king and he hasn't called for me, it's over. Right? So let's read 14, 15, and 16. Someone could read that. 
For if thou altogether holdest thy peace at this time, then shall the enlargement and deliverance arise to the Jews from another place. For thou and thy father's house shall be destroyed, and who knoweth whoever thou art comes to the kingdom for such a time as this? And Esther bade them return Mordecai this answer. Go gather together all the Jews that are present in Shushan, and fast ye for me, and neither eat nor drink three days, night or day. I also, I also and my maidens will fast likewise, and so will I go in unto the king, which is not according to law, and if I perish, I perish. Mercy. Right, someone break that down. Someone break that down. Uh, she's fam. She's a she's a gangster fam. I don't even care. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> she said if I if I die, I die. Nah, Say if I die, I die. Mm. So right. she's basically and saying, is... like, take take three days to prepare because I need she said I need all the blessings and spiritual aid I can get yeah. at this point. Mm. So she said, Listen, everybody get everyone to fast and pr- and pray for three days mm. and three nights. We're gonna do the same. And then after that, I'm gonna go through. And cool. we'll see what we can do. We'll do it. Right. So here's the lesson, right? Let's not number one. Cheap. Let's not let's not mess around with prayer and fasting. Mm. Right. I don't think we as a as as a youth pray and fast enough. Mm. True. Right. Because prayer and fasting is powerful. Mm-hmm. Right. Number two. Right. The things that we don't want to do for God have nothing to do with our life. In terms of no one's killing us for, for, for our for our faith right now. Yeah, it's true. And yet we're still slacking. Mm. Right? So when we're seeing this, this isn't just a story in in a in a storybook, you know. Mm. This woman had to go to the most powerful man in the world mm. when she is where every law in the country and everyone's pretty much saying, Look, if you go up to the king, it's over. Mm. Like and you know, so this isn't just a this isn't just a little thing. This is look, let's pray and fast. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Strong bits, right? So chapter four, right? Is Esther and Mordecai planning to stop this decree? And now we start moving. This is where the story starts getting fun, right? Starts getting fun. The next couple of chapters, okay? Chapter mm. five, what's going on? Sorry, someone's trying to talk. I think it's actually us talking. Oh. Go ahead, go ahead. Um, you're saying how Haman just seems to have this hate for Mordecai and it just seems to go to him. It just seems to, he seems to be angry at the whole nation. Whereas actually, it seems to go back to. First Samuel 15, I think Denise mentioned this in a sermon that she did, but it goes back to Agag, which is basically the nation that Haman came from. He came from the Agagites. Mm. Mm. And so it shows that it's not just a personal thing and then it went to a nation. It's, it's more like he's doing it because of his nation was destroyed. If you get what I mean. It was like, yeah. it kind of goes deeper, but yeah, just mention that. Because the Ag. The Agagites are, are um, synonymous or similar people or the same people as the Canaanites, I believe. And and when the Israelites came in however many years ago, the, the Canaanites were the main people they were fighting against, against to get their land of Canaan. So I guess what Sashi is saying is there's history there. Yeah? yeah? Sorry. The baby was talking about when Saul was supposed to kill the Amalekites and the king was called Agag. And mm. only and she was pregnant. 
with child. But. I see. Yeah, yeah. Okay, okay, okay. Got you. Got you. Good point. So, chapter five. If we could read, um, if we could read verse six to eight. Um, yeah, verse six to eight. So now Esther's got the bottle, she's walked up to the king, yeah? Mm-hmm. What happened? And the king said unto Esther at the banquet of wine, what is thy petis- petition? And it shall be granted thee. And what is thy request? Even to the half of the kingdom it shall be performed. Then answered Esther and said, my petition and my request is, if I have found favor in the sight of the king, and if it please the king to grant my petition and to perform my request, let the king and Haman come to the banquet that I shall prepare for them, and I will do tomorrow as the king had said. Perfect. All right. It's interesting because I remember wondering when I was younger, why didn't she just cut straight to the chase? You know what I'm saying? What was, what was the purpose of... Ah, that is a perfect question. I think I know where this is going. Perfect no, question. no, no. I, I literally just have the question. But go on, if anyone has an answer, then I'd, I'd like to hear it. One thing I was thinking, I can't remember the full I can't, I can't fully remember the story, so I don't know if this is what's going to happen later or not. But we know, one thing we know about the king and this guy Hammond is they like to drink when they have their feasts. And that the king isn't trying to make rules when he's drunk, right? So I'm thinking maybe at this feast, if the king agrees to it, then uh, when they get the feast going, they'll have a little bit to drink and then the king will make a new decree that will keep the Jews safe. Mm. Tactic 101. Okay. 100%. 100%. Good tactic, right? But but why... So so basically, but the, this is... This currently here, right? Is... Uh, yeah, so this is where, so Esther is now saying, right, come, I'm not going to tell you now, mm-hmm. right, come to the banquet. Yeah. And then we'll, we'll, we'll I'll, I'll, tell, I'll tell you then. Mm. So come to my thing tomorrow, right? She's mm-hmm. already said, come to my banquet for today. Mm-hmm. And they're at a banquet, right? She said, no, 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 no. I don't want to tell you yet. Come tomorrow. Mm. Right? If she had said it today, oh, they were already at one. If mm. she if she says it if she says it at the banquet today, mm-hmm. then what is going to happen in chapter six, chapter seven, chapter eight isn't going to happen like chapter six, chapter seven, chapter eight is going to happen. So on face value, it looks like Esther kind of bottled it, isn't it? Mm. And when she was like, "Oh, if I die, I die. Let's go do this thing," and next minute she's like, "Um, when she she's like, okay, what do you want? I'll, I'll grant you. I'll grant you anything." He, she, he says, whatever you desire, you will have. What is your petition? Mm. Mm. Right? Whatever you have, I'll, I'll give it to you. Whatever's in the kingdom, right? Mm. And she bottles it. She's like, okay, you know what? Uh, let's have another banquet. Okay, <laughs> then, now I see where you're coming from. Yeah. And then, let me tell you guys tomorrow. Yeah? <laughs> yeah. Yeah? Cool. Right? Haman, right now, from chapter one to chapter five, nice. Haman's life is good. Mm. He's built up, so 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 he's 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 
chapter three, at the start of chapter three, he's promoted. Mm-hmm. End of chapter three, he's getting the king to write laws for him. Mm-hmm. Then he's getting the queen to ask him to go to a banquet. So it's just him, him, the king, and, and, and the queen. So in Haman's mind, like this is this is Haman's Haman's life is going well, yeah. And this, what I've drawn on the board, if you can see it, is like Haman's um, ascension to greatness. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. We're we're about to hit. <laughs> we're about to hit the mic. And what happened? Someone read um just verse fourteen, please. Then, one second, I think my mic might be muted. No, that's not. Okay, cool. Then, oops, one sec. Oh, she's covered. Esther 5 and 14. Yeah. Uh, then said Zeresh his wife and all his friends unto him, Let a gallows be made of 50 cubits high, and tomorrow speak thou unto the king that Mordecai may be hanged thereon. Then go thou merrily in the king unto the banquet. And the thing pleased Haman, and he caused the gallows to be made. So it's kind of self-explanatory, but for those who didn't catch it, gallows is what they used to hang people on. And they're saying as a condition for him, for for them to go to this meeting, Mordecai has to be hanged. Mm. That's, that's how I understand it, at least. Cool. I'm not so, gonna lie. So his wife is fully involved. She's a, she, she's a hundred. And Zeresh, Zeresh is Haman's wife, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Right. So, so basically, right? Haman's feeling himself right now. Yeah, he is feeling himself. That's the truth. Let's call it what it is. He's feeling himself. He's like, look, look I'm, I'm not even waiting for the day until we can kill the Jews. Haman, um, Mordecai needs to die now. Mm. His friend is gassing him. His wife is gassing him. Mm. And this is the thing: his wife is gassing him. She's gassing him. She's in make on the it. She's feeling himself, and she's helping him. Listen, and I bet he doesn't know. Man made the gallows in a rush mm. as well, bro. Man, for mm. let me put this up quick. It's gonna be done nice and simple. Mm. It wasn't right. right. You know when that they used to get moved too fast, innit? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Gas, right? So, so chapter five, he makes the gallows, right? We're gonna go chapter six. Mm. Now, chapter six is is the is the centerpiece of this story. You may have thought chapter four was the centerpiece because of the resilience of Esther showed, but chapter six is the is the centerpiece of the story. So, what we're gonna read is we're gonna read. Um, I feel like we should just read the whole chapter, you know, because it's yeah, that deep. Let's do it, That's shall we do two verses? Two, two verses, yeah, let's go two verses. That's enough of us. If it's okay, I'll yeah, start. Yeah, go, go, go. Okay. On that night could not the king sleep, and he commanded to bring the book of records of the chronicles, and they were read before the king. And it was found written that Mordecai had told of Big Thunder and Teresh, two of the king's chamberlains, the keepers of the door, who sought to lay hand on the king, Ahasuerus. And the king said, what honour and dignity have been done to Mordecai for this? Then said the king's servants that ministered unto him, there is nothing done for him. And the king said, who is in the court? Now Haman 
was come out into the outward court of the king's house to speak unto the king to hang Mordecai on the gallows that he had. <laughs> okay, stop, stop, stop. Why are you laughing, guys? <laughs> I'm laughing because Heman was his first self built the gallows to kill Mordecai. Heman's doing Mordecai. the most, fam. does he know that this is the king's wife's bedroom? And, now, and the king is bare chatting about, oh, how are we going to honour Mordecai? Who's, who's done something yet? No one's done anything. And now Haman's coming to tell him, yeah, we should kill him after he's, after the king himself is saying we should... Uh, right, cool, perfect. You know, right? you know what I Heyman find jokes about this whole situation? Into. Beautiful. <laughs> like, you keep it, Haman had no reason to be in the king's court at that time, what yeah? Whatsoever. He had no reason to be there. If he had sat down at home and waited until the morning, it wouldn't yeah. have happened, the humiliation, the way it did. I'll continue this one. So, and the king's servant said unto him, Behold, Haman stands in the court. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just hearing this. Like, look, at this look at this guy, Haman. Like, I'm just hearing it like that. But anyways, and the king said, <laughs> You know what I mean? And then it says, And the king says, Let him, let him in, then let him come in. So Haman came in, and the king said to him, What shall be done to the man who the king delights to honor? <laughs> now, this is This guy has a big head at the minute, bro. <laughs> now, Haman's Make someone take over, yeah? Let's win, let's win. And notice, yeah? Notice, he hasn't said a name. He just said, What shall be done to the man who the king delights to honor? This is what said, I mean, man. said Mordecai. Haman, he said, obviously. what should we done to the man? So Haman now is fasting. <laughs> He's probably thinking of me. He's thinking about okay. himself, bro. Finish, 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 finish the verse, finish the verse, finish the verse. So let's who meet, would the king meet. delight to honour more, more than... <laughs> <laughs> he said, to whom would the king like d- delight to do honour more than to myself? Oh my mm. days. Humble pie is hot, you know. Okay. This is what happens when man then move through the ranks too quickly. Mm. And it says, and Haman answered the king, for a man whom the king delighteth to honour, let the royal apparel be brought which the king useth to wear, and the horse that the king rideth upon, wow. and the crown royal which is set upon his head. Mm-mm. Wow. Mm-mm. This nah. Next, did did not think Haman's going too far? Can you guys tell where Haman's goals were? You know what I'm saying? Yeah, he's trying to be like, hey, the king's going to be a you ever. To be fair, the king ain't too smart. He's probably drunk. Mm. 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 Not so only that, so we're up then, to nine and ten now. Someone needs to yeah, get nine and ten, nine and ten. And let this um, apparel and horse be delivered to the hand of one of the king's most noble princes, that they may array him, array the man with all whom the king delighteth to honor, and bring him on horseback through the street of the city, wow. and proclaim before him, "Thus shall it be done to the man whom the king delighteth to honor." Then the king said to Haman, make haste and take the apparel and the horse as thou hast said and do even so to Mordecai the Jew that sitteth at the king's gate. Let nothing fail of all that thou hast spoken. That's an L. 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 I think that's one of the biggest L's in the Bible, you know. It really is. It really is. I'll be honest. I think that's one of the biggest L's in the Bible. The pure shame of the man has to be the streets of the city, bro. I'm not trying to deep it too much, but there's a verse, Jeremiah 50, verse 32. 
and the proud man shall stumble and fall, mm-hmm. and none shall raise him up. <laughs> How is him coming back from this? How is him coming back? He's not. <laughs> I will kindle a fire in his cities and shall devour all round about him. Okay, I'll, con- what I'll continue. I'll continue. Now. I'll continue from uh, where we're up to. So yeah, then took Haman, and the, uh, I'll just yeah. So then took Haman the apparel and the horse and arrayed Mordecai, <laughs> and brought him on horseback through the street of the city and proclaimed him. Thus shall it be done unto the man who the king delights to honor. And Mordecai came again to the king's gate, but Haman hasted to to his house mourning, having his head and having his head covered. And Haman told Zeresh his wife and all his friends everything that had befallen him. Then said his <laughs> wise men and Zeresh his wife unto him, If Mordecai be the seed of the Jews, before whom thou hast begun to fall, that shall not prevail against him, but surely fall before him. Might as well finish it. And while they were yet talking with him, came the king's chamberlains and hasted to bring Haman unto the banquet that Esther had prepared. Okay, right. So, what are we going to call this chapter on this thing, please? L. But can someone break down chapter 13? This is chapter L, bro. 100%, bro. Haman's L, yeah? Yeah. (laughs) This is the start of Haman's demise, bro. But can we break down verse 13 yeah. a little bit? Because I, I didn't quite get it. It was a foreshadowing of things to go. So, and Haman told Zeresh, his wife, and all his friends, everything that had befallen him. Then said his wise men and Zeresh, his wife, unto him, If Mordecai be of the seed of the Jews, before whom thou hast begun to fall, thou shalt not prevail against him, but shalt surely fall before him. Did they know something? Had they heard about who the Jews were? Because it just feels like their allegiance, that their allegiance just switched up. Do you know what I mean? At first, they, they, were, they, they, they became wobbly. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? That's why I was like, hold on. You know what, bruv? It's, I don't even think it's that. I think they remembered. Because, come mm. on, these people, these are the Jews we're talking about. These are people that left the country of Egypt, travelled yeah. through the desert, went through all of their foolishness. Okay, the yeah, they remembered whatever, what time it was. And now they got to here, they're mm. in captivity. But even throughout them being in captivity, do you really think people have forgotten the fact that these people walked through a sea? Mm. Yeah, probably not. Exactly. I think you know what you know what the wife and the friends are saying. I think they're pretty much saying, "Look, it's over. You, you need to you, you need to handle him because if you don't handle him, he's gonna handle you." Basically, yeah, kind of thing. Yeah, yeah that's kind that's, of what that's, he's, that's, that's basically what he's saying. Like, and 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 basically, this is although it's not in the same language, it's basically another gas. It's basically they're saying, "Look, you need to go. Don't don't let this guy have mugged you over. Go, go handle him." <laughs> this is this right. is, we, this is where we... I see like. Um, all the youths, how they like to gas each other up. This would have been back in okay. the day. That would have been what this yeah, is. So, <laughs> on a serious thing, his wife is basically telling, saying to him, "Go dead, man." If, if, it, was, if, if it was me, I wouldn't have her. That's what she's saying. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> right. Oh, can we seven. also just say as well? Hold on, really quickly. All right. Sorry. Um, before you say, before Daniel, you on. go in on that hold one, on. I just want to bring up this little piece of information in verse two. It says. So the first verse was that the king couldn't sleep, yeah? So he started to think back on everything that's happened, yeah? It might not, it doesn't say exactly how long the time gap was between what Mordecai did for the king and this point in time, innit? But I think this goes to show what Jesus was saying about all of your actions have consequences and stuff, innit? Mm. Because really and truly, the king has no reason to remember Mordecai, does he? 
And and this is this is a point I'll be making at the end. So don't worry, we're coming back to that. Mm-hmm. Um, and, mm-hmm. Sorry, um, just wanted to say in um, chapter three, yeah, yeah, you can tell already that Hamer's people are superstitious. I don't know if it's who saying or astrology or whatever they're into, but mm-hmm. in verse seven of chapter three, yeah, it basically says in the New Living Translation. Um, so in the month of April. During the 12th year of King Xerxes' reign, lots were cast in Haman's presence. The lots were called Purim to determine yeah. the best day and month to take action. And yeah. the day selected was March 7th, nearly a year later. So they didn't mm-hmm. just say, oh, what's, 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 what's going to be, you know, is it, is, they didn't pick Haman's birthday to let this, all of this stuff happen. They did some kind of, you know, some, some kind of math or magic or something in between to work out what's the day that mm-hmm. this, um, this uh, obliteration this is the happen. best day. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so they did something. They were superstitious like that. Mm-hmm. So we see that again in this verse now where they're foreshadowing and saying, you need to be careful, mate. 100%. And just to Daniel's point, right? Um, don't miss what's going on here because there's a lot, there's a lot of, if you look at what we've written, a lot of the things that have happened uh, just a bit like it's all uh, very coincidental it's very coincidental so far yeah so don't miss like the little bits like why did the king have the dream then why did Mordecai why did Mordecai even save the king in the first place mm. and is he, he's been rewarded for because that's, he's been a good uh, he's been a good man there he's been rewarded for his goodness yeah like what if Esther hadn't gone to the king at, at the point at which he did what if Esther had told the king about the Mordecai, um, about Haman's plan before the king had had the dream? Then he wouldn't know who Mordecai was, and then he would just be like, you know what, go ahead, do your business. You know what I'm saying? So all of these yeah, things true. are very coincidental as the story is going on, yeah? And we'll see it continue. Mm. Um, chapter 7. If we could read um, two, verse 2 to verse 6. And the king said again unto Esther on the second day at the banquet of wine, What is thy petition, Queen Esther? And it shall be granted thee. And what is thy request? And it shall be performed even to the half of the kingdom. Then Esther and the queen, Esther the queen answered and said, If I have found favour in thy sight, O king, and if it please the king, let my be, let my life be given me at my petition, and my people at my request, for we are sold. I and my people to be destroyed, to be slain and to perish. But if we had been sold for bondmen and bondwomen, I had held my tongue, although the enemy could not countervail the king's damage. Then the king Ahasuerus answered and said to Esther the queen, Who is he and where is he that does presume in his heart to do so? And Esther said, The adversary and enemy is this wicked Haman. Then Haman was afraid before the king and the queen. It's getting real. Cool. So, 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 what's happening there is the Haman's thinking. You know what? I did all that thing with with Mordecai, but you know what? We still, I still got, I still got the banquet with the queen. I'm still in favor. Let's go do this, right? And just when Haman's probably saying, "Right, can we get Mordecai now?" The queen comes out with. Haman's the one who's trying to kill me. And not only me, but Mordecai as well. And all of the Jews. 
and now Heyman's thinking, wow, that that switched. Right? Heyman's now just what... in a position where he can't do nothing at this moment because the truth has been revealed. It has been revealed, right? And what happens to Heyman? The Bible says darkness is brought into light. What happens to Heyman? When the king so, hears this, what happens? He gets mad. The king gets mad, bro. Seven. Yeah, it says the king arising from the brunk in his wrath went into the palace palace garden and Haman stood up to make requests for his life to Esther, the queen. Oh. Wow. Uh, for this he saw where, this... that there was evil determined against him by the king. Might as well finish it all. Then the king returned out of the palace garden into the place, place of the banquet of wine and Haman was fallen upon the bed whereupon Esther was. Then said the king, will he force the queen also before me in the house. Um, I think that means, is he going to try and like do a madness with my wife in front of me kind of thing? Yeah. Uh, but then it says, as the word went out of the king's mouth, they covered Haman's face. And Harbona, one of the chamberlains, said before the king, behold also the gallows 50 cubits high, <laughs> which Haman had made for Mordecai, who had spoken good for the king, stands in his house of Haman. Then the king said, hang, <laughs> hang him there on. So they hanged him on the gallows that he had prepared for Mordecai. Then the king's wraths were pacified. Right. Right. I'm sorry, can I just... You see, I don't think Mordecai was... Um, Haman, sorry, was that mad of a guy to do anything to Esther. But because yeah, the king's so. angry when yeah, he comes he just, back in the room, he looks at the situation and he just jumps to the maddest of conclusions. Yeah, because he said, he said that he was there to beg for his life. From Esther, not to try to do anything, but the king was I'm already on ten. This man wanted to live in it. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. There, probably tears streaming down his face, yeah, sweat pouring yeah, yeah. off him, mm. like crawling on the floor over to the yeah, bed. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Comes in, sees him with one hand on the bed, Esther mm. at the back of the bed. Yeah. That's it. Game yeah, over. Game over. And not only is it like because um, the the king probably doesn't know about Mordecai too tough yet. In terms of the the fact that Haman wants to kill Mordecai, yet yeah, that's true, right? So the, so it's just about you want to kill my wife, you want to kill her people. So he's already vexed from that. Then we get to the point where his servants are like, "What about the gallow that ha- that Haman wants to kill Mordecai on?" And, and the king's king like, wait, wait, wait. Mordecai, the guy who wants to save my, save my life, is the person you want to kill." <laughs> and then and then he's like, "Okay, so you're gonna get the same thing that you and he got, he got killed in the same gallows that you prepared, right?" Mm. So that's chapter seven. That's the second banquet, and then it leads to Mordecai getting killed in the same gallows that you prepared. Yeah. Mm. Chapter eight. I just say real quick, yeah. Yeah. Um, I think this goes back. I think the point you made, Reese, way earlier about fasting and prayer is so important because oh. look at how look at how this whole situation turned around, like. Just, just by this was just three days of fasting and prayer. This one even mm. a week, ten days, mm. forty days, just three days Definitely. of like committing yourself to God, praying for the situation specifically. You know, mm-hmm. temper, temperance mixed with temperance. You know, um, as I, as even I was reading um, along in chapter six, it just shows like when you like when you have enemies, yeah. Um, God will God will cause those same enemies to serve you. Like deep, Haman was really putting on the king's robes on Mordecai. Imagine that, that must have burnt 
that, that must have stung. And then not, not only that, Heyman is hanged. And I'm sure, you know, just like, like everyone, everyone has an opportunity to t- change their ways. Um, but then Heyman, even he still, he ends up serving Mordecai. Not only that, and he ends up getting hanged. Like, and that all started from fasting and prayer. Like, that's, that's mad. As, it just makes that's me crazy. more believable. It just makes all the stories in the Bible just become more believable after you go over them in time. Because mm. I used to remember hearing my mum quote the verse about a thousand will fall at your side and a couple of uh, mm. hundred thousand, was it 10,000 on your other side? But it won't come near 10, you. And I never yeah. used to understand what they meant. I thought they was gassing because who can, who can stand 10,000 people? You get me? Mm-hmm. However, a whole, a, whole, a whole people was just saved because of a tiny thing in it. Mm. That's, what, that's, that's, that's it, right? But the story's not finished yet. Mm. Because the, pe- the, pe- the people haven't been saved yet, yeah? Because mm. what do we know about the decree? What do we know about Persian decrees? The p- decrees. Oh, yeah. Once it's, oh, once the it's laws done, of the Medes and the Persians cannot be altered. That's it. Once it's done, it's done. Yeah. So this is what we're going to find out. Chapter 8. Let's read um, 7, 8, and 9. Or just 7 and 8, and then we can go to like 11. Okay. So 7, seven 8 then, first. All right. Then the king Ahasuerus said unto Esther the queen and to Mordecai the Jew, Behold, I have given Esther the house of Haman, and him they have hanged upon the gallows, because he laid his hands upon the Jews. Write ye also for the Jews, as it liketh you, in the king's name, and seal it with the king's ring, for the writing which is, in, which is written in the king's name and sealed with the king's ring may no man reverse. Cool. So what's happening yeah. there? He's given them the opportunity to fight back, isn't it? Cool. So... Here's now you can set up your own decree to try and reverse what happened before, yeah? Yeah. Mm. Cool. So Esther... Hmm? This storyline, I'm realising, is basically where they got the idea for the film The Purge. It's very much anarchy and things like that. You'd expect that Mm. being a centre of world power. You know what I mean? This being such a, a place that um, the Persians have conquered a lot of people anyway. You'd think it'd be so much more accepting of different peoples, of different, you know what I mean, different diversities and things like that. And yet we're finding this very kind of um, almost like ignorant and basic genocidal kind of ideas. Yeah. And the only way that they can find it, fight it, is to actually then just make a be that says, okay, defend yourselves. And it's interesting thinking of it like that. Like that. Cause do you guys remember in Daniel's quote, um, you said it already Reese, where um, they already told King Darius that because he made the law, he can't, not, he can't get Daniel out of it. Yeah. But in the end, Daniel comes out of the lions again and the king says, forget whatever laws I've made. Daniel's coming. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's not that he, but he does kind of, he does really go back on it, doesn't he? Yeah. Kind of go- I said, okay, we've we've just seen a man not get eaten by by lions. I think the law can take a little bit of a hit after we've seen something as a that. Mm. And so if Ahasuerus at this time had kind of swallowed his pride and just 
changed up the law because it needs to be done. But instead, you know, he doesn't see fit to do that. And in the end says, okay, just defend yourself. Yeah. So that's in verse 11. So do you know what I see from that as well? It's, it makes me look at the whole story of how our lives go. Because, like, we can't do anything. The devil is... A, the devil is basically on a genocide mission for the whole human race, isn't it? Mm. So all we can do is we can't even defend ourselves truly because we ain't got that power. All we can mm. do is call on the Lord and ask for him to do something for us. Mm. Sorry, but that's the thing as well, though, is because I'm thinking throughout the whole time that Esther is in his palace with Haman there. Haman is there sniffing out all the Jews, and yet he can't see the one Jew that's under his nose. Definitely. Yeah. It's like mm. cover, but it's not that she was trying to completely make sure that no one knew she was Jew. It's like God had protection over her. Mm-hmm. That time is right. Like, oh, right. That's it. Because I bet Heyman to that point was probably like, oh, wait a minute, Esther's a Jew? What? Like, <laughs> what was that thing? Like, you know, and there's, you know, and this, and there's things like this. Please don't miss how providential these things are as we're going through the story, right? Mm. All these things aren't coincidence. Yeah, and we're going to keep going. So, um, someone can read verse 11? Chapter 8, verse 11. Yeah. yeah. Wherein the king granted the Jews, which were in every city, to gather themselves together and to stand for their life, to destroy, to slay, and to cause to perish, all the power of the people and province that would assault them, both little ones and women, to take them for a spoil of prey. To take the spoil of them for a prey. So now he's basically said, so at least, like, the first decree was that everyone in the, everyone, like, all the Jews would be destroyed, right? But now yeah. this one is saying, for everyone who tries it, you lot can do what you want with them. Yeah, basically. Yeah? Hmm. Cool. And then, if someone could just read um, sixty um, fifteen. And Mordecai went out from the presence of the king in royal apparel of blue and white, and a great crown of gold, and with a garment of fine linen and purple. And the city of Shushan rejoiced and was glad. Cool. So, what happens to Mordecai? Gets promoted. He, yeah. He gets he gets Haman's spot. He gets elevated, yeah? Promoted. Mm. He's up there. He's now he's now got Haman's spot, yeah. Mm. Mad. So that's eight C. Mordecai. That's <laughs> both Mordecai, right? But you guys get the gist. Cool. Right? And now we get into verse um, chapter 9 and chapter 10. And chapter 9, basically we read um, how basically Naaman's family and a few other of the princes came to fight Israel and they mashed them up. Mashed them up. Took all their stuff, mashed them up, as the decree suggested. Again, God was with them. Yeah? Mm. And, then, um, and then in, chapter, in verse 20... We then see um, them have a festival 
and this festival is called Purim, and Jews Jews still um, celebrate Purim to this day, and it's because of the the dice that um, that Haman spun or rolled or whatever, however you do it, um, and it's the symbolizing that's that that's what set the day. So therefore, they take that day as as a celebration that God saved them that day. Yeah. Hmm. Cool. And then finally, if someone could read the last verse of the cha- of the book. The last chapter, verse of the last chapter. Yeah, chapter and verse three. For Mordecai the Jew was next to King next unto King Ahasuerus, and great among the Jews, and accepted of the multitude of his brethren, seeking the wealth of his people and speaking peace to all his seed. Cool. So the last couple of chapters of the book are about Mordecai's greatness, yeah? Mm. And this is what we see. This is, like, when we read the Bible, yeah? Don't miss this. It's mm. actually a madness. And I don't know if the writers themselves had this plan as their writing, or whether this is whole, just completely God-inspired. But you can see from what I've written, yeah, that this this whole story has a pattern. And what we see is there's symmetry across the whole across the whole book. Hmm. King's greatness matches to Mordecai's greatness. Haman's promotion in chapter three matches with Mordecai's promotion. Haman writes a decree and has a, drinks about drinks and has a party. The same thing happens. Um, in chapter 8 Esther uh, and Mordecai plan to stop the decree that Haman wrote same thing happens when they um, when they try to when they write the other decree to reverse to reverse their, their circumstances then Esther's banquet happens and and um, the gallows are made in which um, to kill Mordecai and Esther's second banquet happens and those same gallows happen to kill Naaman and it all rotates, as I said, around this chapter of um, chapter six. And therefore we see the rise of Naaman here, and then the rise of Mordecai here. Mm. And where well, it goes down, but yeah. Right? So mm-hmm. this is why this book is crazy, because you're like mm. you've gone through all those things and there's such a symmetry to the story. Mm-hmm. How does this all happen? Right? Now, as I said, there's there's so much providential stuff going on. But what's the one what's the one rule of, of the book of Esther other than that that makes it different from any other book in the Bible? And I don't know if you spotted it as we were going through. Anyone know? It's the clue in chapter six. No, it's not just the, this is the, the the clue, so so to speak, is throughout the whole of the book. Mm. It's different from any other book in the Bible. Mm. Hmm. Is it something to do with how, like, actually, no, never mind. Is it Esther herself? It's not Esther. 
let me let me let me let me let me put you in the right direction, right? Mm. God, where is God in the story? Everywhere. Everywhere, to be honest. There's not uh, an incident that happens in the entire story where God is not involved. Oh, really? From the but, but, Samuel Drivashti all the we, way to the But how do we know that? It doesn't actually say it, does it? It doesn't Esther. say it. Because even when they was In the fasting, whole book of Esther, God's, God's name is not mentioned. Mm. Even, even when we look at um, chapter 4, right? What about when they talk about when they're praying? Well, this was is the thing. Esther, prayer isn't mentioned. Mm. Even the word prayer isn't mentioned. Right? It says we're going to fast for three days. Mm. Right? Yeah, true. And what does that tell you? I don't want to spoon feed you guys. Is it that... uh, Is it that... um, Like... uh, Is it that... Okay, let me just say what I was thinking. Is it that, like... Um, your sincerity when it comes to doing things and your intention for God is the important part or like your your because it's her faith that she she relied on God to, mm. to, to to fast like it wasn't that she said oh she didn't say some long winded prayer like oh my God who created all the world with that kind of stuff. Do you know what I mean she didn't do all of that but she did you know in in her own way, demonstrate her faith through the fasting I think and trusting in God. I don't know. Okay, okay. Go, go I see that. I see that. I also think she was kind of, as she fasted and as she was, I don't, as I, as we said, it doesn't mention prayer, so I can't say if she prayed or she fasted. Yeah, I mean, we assume, but it doesn't we, say. We assume anything. in it, mm-hmm, but it mm-hmm. doesn't say. So mm-hmm. she could have just been in quiet contemplation or meditation as you call it mm. wait for that still small voice to just say something to her you get me mm. Mm. okay let me let me help you guys out right for me the omission of the word prayer the omission of god's name is on purpose it's not like uh whoops we missed it it's on purpose mm. right and because okay. it's on purpose it means that it's trying to give you a point. God is obviously working throughout the whole book, as Daniel said. Working yeah. throughout the whole thing. Yeah. It's obvious. There is no way... How did Esther become queen in the first place? Like, when does a queen get kicked out? Because yeah. like, what's because the drunken on? husband Esther, made a rule. Yeah, and then just random. And he doesn't even remember it. And the next day, mm. he's like, oh, yeah. I, I need a queen, queen now. And then out of all these women, it's Esther who gets chosen. Mm. And then out of the chosen, um, out of that happens, um, Naaman gets elevated. Then mm. he somehow sees Mordecai, and then then this this animosity happens. Mm. And then because of Mordecai, but but at the same time, Mordecai is the same person who helped who helped the king survive before. Mm. And then and now now they make this decree, and now Esther needs to go to 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 to, to the king, and mm. she should die. But mm. she doesn't. Yeah. She has this banquet with the with the king. He she then says, Oh, let me do it tomorrow. She could she could have just said it then. Mm. She could have just said, Look, this is the deal. She didn't. Mm-hmm. This allowed them more to, this then allowed um the king to have the dream. 
for, for mm. the whole pit, the story whole the whole pivot of the story where um, Heyman has to then take Mordecai around on the king's horse and the king's clothing, etc. Mm. Then after all that, he has to done the same gallows he made. Mm. Then not only does the does the decree get reversed, but then God helps the people actually fight the battle that they had now to fight. Mm. And then this was this was it's got God's providence everywhere. So the mm-hmm. reason, so so it, it doesn't so they just no, fight the battle. So yeah, there's no reason why the so, so the reason why there is no God mentioned in the book is because the writer wants you to see God in the story. Mm. Right? Yeah. And the point is where you feel like God isn't, where it seems like God isn't because he's not mentioned, mm-hmm. where you can't find God, where you can't see his working, he is working. Mm. He's there. When, when, when um, Esther finds herself um, with this decree happening, she doesn't know God has this whole plan in, in motion. She doesn't know that this is the way that she, um, this is the way that God is gonna gonna um, gonna save His people. She doesn't know that she's been put in as a queen for this purpose. Mm. Her job was to be faithful and to say, you know what, I'm gonna do what is right. If I die, I die. Yeah. Mordecai didn't know that him saving the king was gonna result in the fact that Haman therefore was gonna get his revenge. Yeah. Right. But his job was just to say, be faithful, be a good person. All right, mm. if, if, if someone's going to kill the king, let me tell them. Mm. Mordecai got no thanks. He got no mm. thanks. Yeah. From the time he did that, it just said it was written in the Chronicles. Yeah. Right? God was in complete control the whole time. And therefore, when we find in our own lives, right, when we think, you know what, I'm just living life and God is, where is God? I'm not seeing him. I'm not, mm. I, you know, I can't relate. I, I'm, I'm I, like, something just went wrong. Where were where you? Why mm. good things <laughs> happening to bad people? This whole question that we always have. Mm. Don't think that because you can't see God, God isn't working. Mm. God mm. never could abandons his promises. Hundreds. Never. And, and, and you'll see the same um, thing in the story of Esther, I was actually judging between doing Esther today and doing Ruth. Mm, right? I see that already, straight and, away. And although the stories are very, very different, you know, there isn't the, all the drinking and all the all the murdering and all the, you know, this, this story was a scandal. Mm. Right? <laughs> but but the, the, the message is very similar. You read through the book of Ruth and maybe see God's name once. Right, there wasn't a lot of, of praying and the Lord did this and the Lord did that and da 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 da, because the book is trying to explain to you that although God may seem absent, He never is absent. And through all of this commotion that you think life is happening, Ruth became an. Uh, you, you read at the end of Ruth and it says, "And Ruth was the son of this, and this was the son of this, and then there was David." She became from the lineage of what? Jesus, in it. Literally, like two lines down, it was like it was like Ruth was the mother of, of I think Obed. Obed is the son of Jesse. Jesse is the son of, uh, father of David. The father of David. Yeah. What? Yeah. 
She was like a great great grandmother, great grandmother, yeah, something like that. A Moabite woman wasn't even Israelite. A Moabite. Wow. God is working where we don't understand He's working. Mm. These people never saw the big picture because we can't see the big picture. Your life, you cannot see the big picture. We were talking about purpose, guys, the other day, right? Mm. God had a purpose for these people's lives. They didn't even realize. But their job was to stay true to his principles. And through staying true to his principles, they, he could use them for his purpose. Mm. Yeah? And I, just, just how the book is framed and the sym- symmetry of it and how it all works is just, yeah. The writer, I don't know if the writer meant it or whether the spirit was just on one that day, but <laughs> it just, it, it worked out nicely. I think that's a very yeah, important point, um, yeah. especially because more uh, like uh, life in general, like a lot of things we have to take on faith. Like mm. you know, more, there's countless stories in the Bible where God, the, God does this a lot. He doesn't He doesn't reveal reveal to us the full picture. Like He just mm. tells us to take the first step, second step, third mm. step, fourth step, and then all of a sudden. We look back and we're like, oh, okay, say no more. I see what you're trying to do. Mm-hmm. But like, so, like, it's it's important when we when we do pray that we pray to take take the steps to take the steps. That's it. God, yeah, God will reveal to us what we need to know now, today, for today, for tomorrow, whenever. And certain things He'll leave out because mm-hmm. it's it's not just it's not just for our benefit but remember in this story look how many Jews got saved as well like God yeah. is trying to save other people through us mm. so then but then now let's let, obviously I don't know there's a reason why God doesn't tell us certain things but let's say God now tells us everything we may not even step forward other people may not get saved you know what Daniel I think that's very very potent like not just in regards to life but in regards to the Bible as well because mm. Okay, this will sound a bit controversial to most of you, but if you if you think about it, it says that there are books that are not in the Bible. Mm. So, I've I managed to get hold of a Maccabees version of the Bible a while ago, and it has the rest of the Book of Esther and other other books in there. And as I read through some of them, I could see why they're not there, because it would just be a stumbling block to certain people. Do you get me? Mm-hmm. Like as you read the Bible Certain information you're able to digest Certain things you aren't I think it comes with time That you're able to understand God's character And why the things happen And how he allows it to go on But having read some of those other books I think if they were in the Bible In the 66 books that we know Of the Old Testament and New Testament And all of that They would cause a lot more people to have More questions and they already have And I can't lie Even as someone who's been Raised in the church I still have my own questions You get me? Oh yeah 100 Everyone's got Questions 100% um, I think a good A good text uh, Is First Corinthians 4 Verse 4 and 5 It's actually It's actually mad I was memorising this mm. last week it's not that it comes to my attention now, um, where it says, 
for I know nothing by myself. Mm-hmm. But he, but yet here, hereby I am justified. But he that judges me is the Lord. And then it says this bit is particularly important. Um, it says, therefore, judge nothing before the time until the Lord come, who both will bring to light the hidden things of darkness and will make manifest the counsels of the hearts. And then shall every man have praise of God. So, like, for me, I was, like, I was thinking back and I prayed about it. I was thinking back to certain things that happened in history. Um, and I was like, Lord, like, where were you when this happened? Where were you when this happened to your, pe- your people as well, you know? Mm. Like, mm. Like, mm. like, God, where, like, I know you were yeah, there, innit? But, like, I'm trying to, uh, I'm trying to see. Trying like, to see him. I'm trying to, I don't understand, like, what's, mm. what's going on? And then, literally, a week later, God brought me to that text. Then listen, this, it's, it's, it's on. God understands that we, we want, we need answers, innit? We want answers. However, there's so much going on behind the scenes that we, we are not even, we're either not ready, mm-hmm. or we like. There's, just, there's no need for us to know yet. But the point is, at the end of all of this, at the end of everything, when everything is shut down, great controversy and new earth, new heaven, everything. We, everyone will praise God. Everyone will say, God, you are right. Mm. That's the point, isn't it? Mm. Now, that doesn't minimize what goes on in today's world. However, have in mind that there's a lot that we do not know. Um, and, and to be fair, that actually, I don't know about you guys, but that actually gives me peace because, you know, I can't, we can't control it. So, you know what? To you know, have that peace, you need to have faith. Mm. Mm-hmm. Uh, that faith God is such an important that he knows what he's doing it's got under control when you um, and 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 it's also the peace comes because you don't have control yeah and it's good yeah. and it's good that you don't have control because we if we have control we'd mess it up yeah these people actually understood the plan within the story of esther that they were they pulling off no probably not Esther would be whispering to to this person, oh, guess what we're going to do to Taylor? You know what I mean? Taylor <laughs> will find it out from this person. Then it would be... It would just, just get complicated. Mm. When when we understand our own human frailty, mm. and as you live through life, it will just be... It, it will be so obvious to you. It will be mm. so obvious to you. As you go... Mm-hmm. Like, when, when I was 10, like, human frailty, yeah, but, you know... I ain't gone through nothing yet, so mm-hmm. I don't really know what my weaknesses are too tough. Yeah. <laughs> when you hit when you hit fifteen, okay, you got a little bit more of a taste. When you hit twenty, you're like, okay, I'm I'm starting to yeah, my, my weaknesses are <laughs> yeah, right. It's getting long. It's getting long. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's getting long. It's getting long. When you're twenty five now, yeah. My mercy, guys. Mm. Mercy. <laughs> you're begging you're begging for God to take it. Mm. <laughs> That's a good and example. I think, I think that that is what it is. These you need to understand. Look at the story, and this this story is everywhere in the Bible. Of God's providence, mm. it's everywhere. Job, you know, even even Christ. We read Gethsemane a couple of weeks ago, mm. right? Mm. If Christ wasn't connected with God, right, that situation was only God could control that situation. Mm. There was all sorts of nonsense that could happen there. Mm. We just have to, God, Christ just has to let go and be like, okay, let God just deal with the thing. Mm. 
You know, I know the plan. I'm going to die. Da, 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 I'll raise. God, God has got that under control. And that's that's how we have to live. Mm. Yeah. And this is why this is 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 not getting that that leads to the depression and the heartache and um, the issues and because life is tough, guys. Yeah. No okay. Life is tough. It's long. Mm. And when you see people like who are rich committing suicide, who are this, like it's it's not a joke. Mm. So the the quicker that we can get to the point where we can see these stories and be like, you know what, God has got into control still. Yeah, I don't know why I'm worrying about tomorrow. Mm-hmm. Why am I worrying about what I'm going to eat or or this situation or the fact that this person said this to me or the yep. fact that this person acted this way to me or yep. the, the fact that. You know, even the fact that I sinned, I sinned, mm. I messed up. Mm. It is God's mission to fix you. It's his mission. Mm. Your mission is just to, to connect with him and to obey. You know, on this note, yeah, let me, just, let me just read a little quote of a book I was reading the other day. Please, okay, yeah. From Faith and Works. Um, one second, I just opened it. Cause it's, just because, as you said, that part about, you know, even with sin and stuff, it's relevant. One second. Mm. Just loading. But yeah, so it says, it's talking about, it's talking about Christians. Let me just read, I'll just read the whole, the whole thing. It's just like a paragraph. It says, some who come to God um, by repentance and confession and even believe that their sins are forgiven, still fail of claiming as they should the promises of God. They do not see that Jesus is an ever present savior and they are not ready to commit the keeping Mm. of their souls to him relying upon him to perfect the work of grace begun in their hearts. While they think they are committing themselves to God, there is a great deal of self-dependence. There are conscientious souls that trust partly to God and partly to themselves. Mm-hmm. They do not look to God to be kept by his power, but depend upon watchfulness against temptation and the performance of certain duties uh, uh, for acceptance with him. Oh. There, are no vic- there are no victories in this kind of faith. Such persons toil with no, to no purpose. Their souls are in continual bondage and they will find no rest until their burdens are laid at the feet of Jesus. And I was like, when I read this, I was just like, it's like God's basically like, God is basically, it's just telling us, of course you're going to fail if you try and do it on your own. Do you know what I mean? And it's like, we just have to get to the point where we just trust God enough to be like, you know what? Okay. Yeah. Like I, I can't really do this on my ones. You need to be there. You, I need to give this to you every time it comes up. Do you know what I mean? Because um, it says we don't see we don't see him as an ever present savior. It's just like we'll be driving when the road is, is smooth. Yeah, we want to drive, but then when it gets a bit tra- traffic and all that, because we're like, okay, God, now take me. I can't do this. Then when it gets smooth again, we go, okay, yeah, let me let me just let me just. Do you know what I mean? And it's like having to develop that dependence and stuff, and just trust and reliance on God. Yeah. No, no. Do you guys remember a couple of weeks ago when we were talking about um, progressing in the Christian faith, you know, moving from milk to hard food and actually growing? Mm-hmm. Mm. Yeah. Um, in the tap, I'm actually found, finding it mad that you just read that particular passage. Mm. Um, I read it in um, councils to the church. And the reason I read it, you know, we think that Facebook is often used as a kind of distraction, isn't it? You 
know, for uh, uh, spiritual things. You know, it's very easy to go on there and find a lot of foolishness to keep you out of your Bible and things like that. But I remember someone um, sharing something a couple of weeks ago, and uh, it was exactly the same passage in Meteb that you just read. Mm. And what hit me out from it was um, at the very end of the paragraph. Um, I think it's the second paragraph after the one that you read. Mm. And it says, um, I'm actually going to read the whole thing. There is, yeah, a, there is need of constant watchfulness yeah. and of loving devotion. Mm-hmm. But it will come naturally when the soul is kept by the power of God through faith. Mm-hmm. We can do nothing, absolutely nothing, to commend ourselves to divine favor. I can do nothing to make Reuben James look good before God. Yeah. We must not trust at all to ourselves or to our good works. But when as erring, sinful, great beings we come to Christ, we may find rest in his love. God will accept every that comes to him trusting wholly in the merits of the crucified Savior. Love springs up in the heart. There may be no ecstasy of feeling, but there is an abiding peaceful trust. Every burden is light, for the yoke which Christ imposes is easy. Duty... And these are all the Christian Seventh-day Adventist duties that we sometimes think are as long. Duty becomes a delight mm-hmm. and a pleasure. Mm-hmm. The path that before seems shrouded in darkness becomes bright with beams from the sun of righteousness. Mm-hmm. This is the thing that threw me. The last sentence is, this is walking in the light as Christ is in the light. You know, Jesus in John um, talks about abide in me, um, Sorry, uh, yeah, abide in me. I am the vine, you are the uh, branches, doesn't it? That's what he says. There's live in me. Don't just come, don't just get that quick um, wireless charging time with mm-hmm. me in the morning mm-hmm. and charge again in the evening, but abide. And mm-hmm. yeah, walking in the light as Christ is in the light. As soon as we, you know, we might be looking for particular lights. And God doesn't necessarily give us that what we what we want, but He's still preparing us for something. And about you guys, but I've been in times where I'm looking for a big moment from God, and yeah. in all for that big moment, I'm thinking that God isn't talking to me because I want Him to tell me this or to tell me that or to kind of do something that makes me feel like ah, oh, I've just read a mad one. I've had a great yeah. one. And what I what I remember hearing a couple of weeks ago in a devotion I was doing is that. When when all the time, sorry, all the time that we're not getting that big moment that we're praying for is God preparing us, mm-hmm. so that when not when He gives us what we want, but when He gives us what He has for us, we're actually yeah. ready to deal with it, mm-hmm. rather than saying, "Oh God, you know what? I asked you to big me up and to let me lead a Bible study, so because you've not given me the resources and the ability and things like that and the opportunity to do that, then." forget it, I'm not happy with you right now. Mm-hmm. Where if actually we looked and we waited on God and took those little moments, those little daily, hourly, minutely victories, mm-hmm. then the opportunity finally presented itself. He's already done the groundwork. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? And it just reminded me that whole walking in the light, abiding in the light, waiting on him. Mm-hmm. It's not feel like a great ecstasy of feeling. Not always going to feel like a mad one. But yeah. it's him pieces and build us up and building us up and so that we are going to have a moment of purpose that mm-hmm. we're going to 
feel most like ourselves when God makes everything clicks, clicks. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. And a crazy thing to think about. So thank you for sharing that one, bro. Yeah, no problem. Any other um <sighs> such a time as this, man. Um well, I think oh sorry. No, I've talked enough. Go on, Israel. Okay, yeah. You know what you were saying with um how the book like laid out? Like yeah. Yeah, the only other book that um, I've heard this talk about as well is um, Daniel. If mm. you look at the book of Daniel, like yeah. the events that, that happen, they kind of like parallel. Yeah, parallel. Yeah. Um, I never noticed this about um, Esther. So mm. I just think that's a good thing that we learn. Crazy. Well, you actually think like deep the Bible and the literature that's in there, it's 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 worth it's worth reading. Mm. Where you can get deep in it, mm. it's, it's 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 powerful. And even like even like if you're looking at a face value from just the story of what's going on, even at Esther, right? Mm-hmm. Like it's a it's a it's a mad story, you know? Yeah, it's interesting. And 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 this like not only in the Bible is interesting. Not only does it have these crazy patterns. Um, not only can we see even in Esther there is there is Christ-like behavior where she's she's looking to sacrifice herself for the good of the people. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, there's so many levels, there's so many like like it's there's no other way to than to than to describe it as spirit inspired. Mm. Simple. One thing that I was reading um, last week was basically talking about how stories have power to actually reach past um, all of our preconceptions, all of mm. our preconceptions, and all of um, David is a good example. David had somehow lied to himself enough that he maybe we don't know what was going on internally, but he had enough peace in himself after what he did to Uriah that he could still sit on his throne and he could still act. Somehow he deceived himself so much that he was still walking toward and doing what he needed to do. Mm. And only Nathan going in there and telling him a story that he had no idea was about himself, mm. but his feelings and his logic and his divine indignation was so awoken yeah. that he was finished when Nathan said, you are the man. Mm. He'd already, you know what I mean? The, the work had already been done. So that as soon as it was pointed mm. out, that was it. And what's funny is you see a parallel in Esther's story. Before, before the king, before uh, Esther has even said, it's Haman, she's already told the king that someone that's after me. Mm. There's someone that not only after me, they're ready to destroy my whole people, mm-hmm. trying to kill me. And before the king, the name is even uttered, the king's already decided what he's going to do. Mm. Yeah. And so as soon as the name of Haman is delivered, it's almost exactly the same thing, bow out the man. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And the way that, you know, God actually designed the word is that it, it speaks to us. The, the power of the story can actually hit us over the barriers, over the walls, between the lies that we tell ourselves. Mm-hmm. And that's what true. About the other day where it says the Bible is powerful like a two-edged sword. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So you're right, it's 
that's 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 I love how you just put that down. Mm-hmm. I think the visual yeah. lesson was yeah, go ahead. now I'm just saying the visual aid for this one is we should keep up this one. Yeah, this is good. Uh, my drawings, you mean? Mm-hmm, yeah. Wait, this this was a, this, this was like a scribble. <laughs> but okay, I'll I'll try I'll screenshot it and then I'll attach it to the uh, to the recording. Hmm. Yeah. But yeah, that's 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 all. Oh, unless if someone has another thing, you can um. Hey. Yeah, that's all I got. But it was good. Um, let me talk to you another pray to Yeah, sure. Okay, dear Heavenly Father, I want to thank you for giving us life again this week so far and keeping us safe and healthy and in these troubled times. I just want to thank you for blessing us with a, a word from looking at your word today and just kind of hearing all our different opinions, understanding and getting closer to trying to understand more about how your character works and how your plans work and sometimes we don't understand them. And that we should just trust in you and have faith in you. Because um, we're not always going to understand everything. But, you know, you always have that plan for us. Just want to ask that you help us to not just uh, read and understand these words in our heads, but also in our hearts and keep it uh, relevant in our lives moving forward. Mm. So that we can remember to always put our trust in you, even if it doesn't quite make sense to us or we don't quite see where it's adding up. We just stay doing the right thing out of principle and coming to you and being faithful to you. And allowing you to work in our lives in this way, Lord. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. 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 Amen.